0: Few, a, a little bit of business we we'll get out of the way, and then we'll get started here. Um, we've got a couple of graduates, and we want to acknowledge them this morning. So uh, if I call your name, would you stand up? Courtney Jones? Matthew Warner? Matthew, where are you? Oh, they're both over here. Well, you know, graduations were a little different this year. So, hey, congratulations, you guys. Uh, It was a wonderful year, and I'm sure it was a great graduation. Praise God. Thanks for being here. Um, Next week is fam. excuse me, not next week. Next week we're at the Warner's house. Just like this, we're going to do it again at Paul and Donna Warner's. And if you don't know how to get there – I'm sure we'll have some kind of directions before next Sunday for you guys. Any anything you need to say about it? Oh yes, and we're parking at Stan McCurdy's has a huge little opening right there on the street that we can all park in and so it's going to be another fun Sunday, right? Right. Okay. And um family camp, Josh, would you come make an announcement? Thank you, Donna. That Those kind of <laughs> directions are necessary. <laughs> Josh.
1: Family camp. We, we're we going to have family camp this year, and it's going to be the last weekend in June. I think we should applaud for that, right? <clears throat> Is that awesome? I, I'm super excited. Um, I think we're all super excited to do it. We've I've got a couple of sign-up sheets here. Um, just take them and and pass them around. Uh, Just put your name, the number of people that will be eating, um, and then where you want to stay, cabin, RV, or tent. And then here, this is kind of a weird uh, arrangement of letters here, but Friday, D stands for dinner, Saturday, BLD, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then Sunday, breakfast. So if you're going to, like, have all the meals, just circle them all. If you're going to be missing for one, don't circle that one. So anyway, I've got these. I'll pass them out. Uh, Derek's telling me no. So, so yeah, if you've already filled it online, don't fill this out.
0: Thanks for bringing that up, Lana. I, there's lots of folks who've already registered online, and, and you can continue to do that, but we wanted to make sure we didn't lose anybody that maybe doesn't go out online. So that's what the clipboards are about. So please sign up. Otherwise, Paul doesn't buy enough food and we'll all be eating what do we used to do, Charlotte, when we ran out of food? Bread and water? Bread and water. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. If We have a, two bowls of communion cups out there. If you didn't get one, we'll bring them to you. You don't have to go back out. Is there some who didn't get one? Okay, one. We'll get them to you. Mr. Jackson, I see him running. He's going to get them. So. When he gives them, hold up your hand and you can get one because we will be taking communion together. And they're pretty interesting little cups. And if you would, uh, would you hang on to your cups and then find a trash receptacle to throw them in later so that I don't get to find all these cups later? That would really, I would appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, once again, I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so glad that we are together. Join with me in prayer, would you, as we open our service. Father God, you are an amazing God. Ah, you are always beside us, ahead of us, around us. You, you continually take care of us. Thank you for the way you've guided us through these last three months. Father, thank you for what you have planned for us today. And thank you for what you have planned for us tomorrow. Father, may we uh, stay in the day. May we focus on you. May we realize all your blessings. There are so many every day. Father, let us not lose one because we worry about tomorrow. Father, let the cares of, of what the world says we should worry about just go away. And may we just uh, focus on you this morning. And uh, I pray our worship and our singing will be a sweet aroma to you, Father. Thank you again for the chance to be together and to praise your holy name. Be with us the whole day in your son's mighty name. Thank you. Amen.
2: Well, good morning, everybody. It's really wonderful to see all of you guys here and to be together. Once again, it's been a long time and I am relieved that we're back together and functioning as the body of Christ and getting to see each other and talk to each other and encourage each other. So I'm excited to be able to sing with you guys this morning. Um, I don't, this shouldn't be weird, but should we stand up and sing? I'd, this is just a different context that I'm used to. Yeah, let's stand up. Thank you.
3: was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way, the sin that promised joy and life, and led me to the grave. I had no hope that you were done, a rebel too.
4: Good morning everyone. Aren't we so happy to be here? God is so good all the time. Okay, turn to 1 Peter 2, 9 to 25. It's kind of long, so bear with me here. 2, 9 to 25. I've got to stay right here. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from freshly lu- fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct, conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation." Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable if, because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongly. For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, he did revile in return, and when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls."
5: We're going to try to switch over to wireless here and see if it works, if that gets out of the way. Boy, that's a sermon in itself. (laughs) Uh, Peter was a better preacher than me. So um, I got to say, first off, just a quick apology. On those uh, songbooks, I promise they looked right on my computer screen, but I sent them to Office Depot, and something got weird with the fonts, and I picked up... 150 copies or whatever I had, and went, Oh no, it was too late. So, some of those words were cut off. I apologize for that. Um, Hopefully, you guys know the words um, by heart enough that you can follow along. Let me just open in prayer as we start off here, and um, then we'll dig into the word. Lord, thank you so much just for uh, sweet fellowship, Lord. Um, That's a gift that comes from you. You're in fellowship with yourself, uh, with the Trinity, and This thing that we do called church comes from your heart, and uh, so when we rejoice in this, the chance to be together, God, we rejoice in you, in your character, in this little peace that lives in us, that thrives together, that needs one another, Um, and Lord, I I just thank you for that, that we can be a people called out by your name to shine your light in this world. Just give me grace today as I speak, um, that they would see your words and not my own, and that uh, they would just see you. And uh, let us, God, just uh, have wisdom and grace to go out into the world that we live in right now and shine as lights for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I have to say, um, it's it's kind of interesting to be thinking about speaking. You guys, I hope, I don't know how many of you guys were, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to dare ask for a show of hands of how many of you guys could uh, do the, the online services and stuff, but I hope some of you guys, many of you could do that. We've been trying to figure out ways um, to keep church going uh, even while we're apart. And in some ways, um, some of that intimacy at home has been been fun. Some of you have met in small groups as well in the past few weeks and um, have even just shared the intimacy that you, you guys have had. Uh, and that's, that's great. We're really excited to hear that. But there there is something about this gathering and um, how critical and how valuable it is. I thought about preaching on that today. And it's hard not, as I think about getting together in a group, hard not to be too topical, um, and pick something and want to center in on it. Um, and so as I was praying and looking at and trying to figure out, God, what, what should I speak on? I actually changed direction probably three, maybe four times. Um, and, uh, and in the end, I felt like God was just saying, stick with the plan. Let me apply it. So, um, what is the plan? Uh, we've been going through the Bible in a year. We've been going through the Old Testament and New Testament together. And, um, We spent a lot of time in the Old Testament right now. We're just finishing up Chronicles this week. We're actually into Ezra and Nehemiah. And uh, in the New Testament, today was the last reading of John. So we're just wrapping up the fourth gospel. And so uh, two weeks ago when I started teaching, uh, I said, let's jump over to the New Testament. Let's look at a biography of Jesus and kind of um, one of the last ones and kind of summarize maybe a lot of what we've looked at. But that was was intentional, and that was with this idea that— Coming from that song, turn your eyes toward Jesus, look on his, his face, and this world, it's going to grow strangely dim as we look at him in the light of his glory and grace. And that was the idea. So I hope that we can do that a little bit more today too, It's just looking at Jesus and that that can, that can uh, still our hearts, can give us comfort, can give us encouragement um, about uh, the world that we're living in right now. We are going to take communion uh, today, as, uh, as we already mentioned to you. I hope you guys all got a cup, and um, we'll, we'll have one more opportunity if you didn't get one. I'll uh, show hands later, and um, we can hand those out. But it's been uh, since March, since we've taken communion together, and that's just incredible to me. Here we are in June. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten that long in my life um, without uh, taking communion with, with a group, uh, with a large group. And... Um, and, as I was thinking about that this week um and then reading through John and this stick with the plan thing that I felt God was saying, we're right at the end of john we're we're at where he's talking and comforting the disciples and we're at the last supper, and so it just made sense to kind of talk about that um, so we're going to look at him and we're going to look at the lord uh and and center in. We did kind of look at this last week. I realized we were in John fourteen. Uh, and 15 and 16, and 17 last week, but we're going to be right there um, again this week as we kind of center in on a few things. But we'll bounce in and out of a few more uh, passages. So if you haven't already, turn to John chapter 14. Like I said, we'll, I, I'm kind of I'm hoping that you can do what I do, and that is um, count on the the headers of each uh, chapter and kind of get some references because we might flip back and forth and kind of look and say, oh, over in this chapter here and that. Um, but as we look and just take, we're not going to take time to read every one of these verses, but you guys, um, you know these stories, most of you, uh, or you've been reading through them if you've been doing the Bible plan. So these should be fresh in your mind. And so I just want us to take a moment um, to come to that, uh, that time at, around the Last Supper with the disciples and put yourself in the room, put yourself there with them. And, and as you do, Turn your gaze towards Jesus and look at him. I, I wrote down a few things as we look at our Savior here. See the patience of the Savior. He's waited his whole life for the timing of the Father. Okay, Here's the guy that flung the stars into the heavens with God. He was there in the beginning as God, creating the heavens. And he came down, was born, and he waited 33 years to do The father had for him. He he could have just stepped in as an adult male. God could have made that happen, or whatever age was necessary for the sacrifice. I don't even know if thirty three was some magic thing that God had to have. He could have come, died, got it over with, and gone home. Yet God had him come and wait. And and as I see this, and we read, we'll read later um, in the communion in, in Luke, he says, "I've earnestly desired to take this feast with you." He's been waiting his whole life for this moment because he knows this is why he came. So s- the patience of the Savior. See the humility of the Son in John chapter 13 as he washes his disciples' feet, the, the feet of his bride. He, being God, bows down and washes their feet. See our Lord as he calls his bride. He comforts her. We talked about that last week in John chapter 14, where he talks about don't let your hearts be troubled. He's using wedding language. He's saying, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to add on to it like a, like a groom would do. I'm going to build you a home and I'm going to come and I'm going to bring you back so that where I am, you'll be with me. That's wedding language. And he was talking to his bride. He's calling his bride. See him as he offers his blood and his body in the bread and the wine. Mark chapter 14. See him as he comforts their troubled hearts. As we said, John 14, but also later in chapter 16, and he talks about the Holy Spirit that's come, is going to be coming to comfort them. He, he talks about laying down his life for them in John 15, 13. And then he calls them not just servants, he calls them friends. I lay down my life for my friends. Just think about that. Jesus is saying, you're my friend, not just my servant. And finally, he calls them out of this world and into himself in John 17 <clears throat> excuse me with each other one with him and one with each other as the father and son and spirit are behold our god behold our king behold our husband our friend and our savior but furthermore we see the heart of the father and the son and the spirit together here in this plan of redemption the passover lamb is about to be slain for the sins of the world He's coming. He's about to die. And this is the revelation of God, the Father's heart. All throughout Jesus' life, he was talking about, I come to do the will of my Father. I, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's coming and saying, if you want to know what God is like, look at me. I'm demonstrating it. And that looks like this. But this is the core of what I really want to talk about today. He is coming. And as we, as we zoom into this Last Supper feast, he is making a new covenant and he is beginning a new covenant people, a new nation, in, in a sense, as, as First Peter called it, a, a new tribe. That's why I wanted to read that, um, that First Peter passage. Um, you don't have to turn back there if you don't want, but if your finger's still there, First Peter 2. Meditate on that passage throughout this week. Read it once a day. It is so powerful and so fitting for our time. Um, I thought about just preaching on that. That was one of the, the others that I uh, had to toss, and that's why we read it today. But but in there, verses 9 through 12, he says that you're a new nation. Verse 10, you're a new people. Um, you know that throughout the New Testament, almost every time the word that you see in your, in your English translation, it says church. The Greek word is ekklesia, which means a called out assembly. A people called out of this world. They're called out. They're different. They're separate. They're supposed to be separate from this world. And this is what Jesus at the Last Supper is starting, is this, I'm going to give my blood to create a new covenant, a new promise, a new agreement with mankind that cannot be broken because it's in my blood that I'm going to create something called my church. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 28. If you want to turn there, you can. Uh, I'll if not I can read it real quick here. I'm going to read it regardless whether you're uh, whether you want to turn there or not. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 says, "For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male or female, you are all one in Jesus Christ." This and this actually, especially through Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, you'll see the same kind of thing. There's neither male nor female. There's neither a Greek nor a slave, Scythian, free, whatever. All are in Christ, are one in Christ. That's what Colossians 3 says. In Christ we are, or Christ is all and is in all. This is what we look like as a people. This is what Christ died. This is In that moment, he was, he was calling them into this. And he was calling them to wrap up their identity in something new, in something that was out of this world, that was in him. This is what that First Peter 2 passage was talking about so much. You guys know, probably, I, I feel like every time I preach, I end up referencing um, Romans chapter 6, but dying with Christ, identifying with his death on the cross, we are crucified with Christ. That is what the core, the, the start of this whole gospel message is, is who our identity was has to go to the cross with Christ. And it's, it's right there. We lay our all before him. And yes, sometimes he takes who we are and reuses it and repurposes it. But we have to lay all of who we are down at the cross. I think when we talk about and we think about this idea um, of being crucified with Christ, um, I think sometimes, well, if if you look at kind of mainstream songs and, and literature and uh, even uh, sermons and maybe even our own sermons, if I'm honest, a lot of times when we talk about being crucified with Christ, we, we use that and we talk about things like dying to my guilt or dying to my shame or dying to my sin um, or my fear or my failures and past mistakes. And those are all true. But if if we're honest, they can be also a little selfishly slanted. Sometimes dying to my fear, what we really mean is my fear to go live my life as I always dreamed. Um, when When we talk about our guilt and our shame, we talk about just the parts of our life that we messed up, that we're embarrassed about. That's what we want to die to. The gospel is much, much more than this. It's a complete crucifixion. It's laying down our whole identity. Philippians 2, 5-8. through 8. You guys know it. Let this attitude be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness of men. And if that wasn't enough, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. If Jesus, the God of the universe, could lay down his rights and come and die on a cross. You'd think that's about as polar opposite as possible, but it's not. He went further. He became sin. He became the very opposite of his moral character. If he could lay down his rights, how can we do anything less? We say that we're in him. We say that we are a people united in him. Then we must have this mind that was in Christ Jesus. I think sometimes when we talk about laying down our rights, it seems like it's the ultimate sacrifice, um, like the biggest pill to swallow. And, and it feels that way. To, to say, I'm going to give up all my rights and say, I'm going to come to the Lord and, and, and lay down everything, all my desires, feels like such a sacrifice. Um, and, and think about in the world we're living in, take this a step further. We, we, this is the gospel we preach. You need to come, you need to die, you, you need your sins forgiven. It's true. It's true. But if that's all we preach. If that's if that's the only part we say is come lay down your life and die. <laughs> no wonder they don't want to hear it. Right? There's an exchange. This is the hope of the gospel. This is what has got me so excited this week. This is is what the it's it's about. It's not just death. It's about resurrection. Romans 6, 5 says if you're crucified with Christ, then you will be raised with Christ in the same life that he has. This is the hope of the gospel, not just that you can have your sins forgiven. You got to convince someone is a sinner and then say now those sins can be forgiven. No, you need to convince them there is a glorious exchange. You give up yourself and you get something better. You get his character. You get his righteousness. You get his life, his reward, his promises. This is why we have the key to the broken world that we're living in. And get a little more personal. If we flip this around, we're we're talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus, looking at Jesus. So if we look at him and for a moment, try to imagine, I know this is pretty hard to do. (laughs) We're human. He's God. Try to put yourself, he's also a man. Try Try to put yourself in his shoes. He offers himself. He says, come to me, lay down your life, I will give you mine. Lay down everything, all the desires, all the plans that you have, I will give you mine. I have the greatest, richest reward in all of glory, and I want to give it to you. And we look and say, uh eh. we'll tell you what. Let me make a deal with you. Uh, I really messed up last week, so I'll give you that. And uh, I'm really not happy with this part of my life. I'm a little bit of a coward. So I'll give you these parts, like the, the crap. Yeah, I said crap in church, but we're outside. Uh, I'll give you all that, and then you give me your righteousness, right? It, can we do that? Because like, I, I, really, I still think I'm a pretty good people person, and I'm, I'm really good on social media, and um, people like me most of the time. So like those, I want to hold on to those things. I'm really good at art, too. Can I keep that? Like, we, we try to like, make these compromises with God, and we just give him the bad and think that he'll just fill in those things. But that's not the gospel. It's take your identity, lay it down at the cross, and take the identity of Christ that he gives us back. It has to be absolutely that. Our identity has to be surrendered to him. Think about how Jesus feels when we do that to him. He has, he has emotions. In case we forget, I forget. I treat him a lot of times like a force rather than a person. I try to imagine what he would feel about that. and I, I imagine that breaks his heart. I think about the times I'm apologetic and timid or even ashamed about sharing the gospel. The fear that I often have of telling others. and Or even for that matter you, know, you look at the big issues that we have in our country right now and, and how quick I am to treat those as bigger than the fact that people have sin. People need this life. All of that and you think about how Jesus feels. Now, why am I telling all you guys this? You know this. Most of you have heard this for, for years, most likely. Some of you it might be new to, but I'm I'm taking a guess that most of you, this isn't novel. I think it's just, we need to be reminded. I need to be reminded, because I've forgotten. We have the key to this broken world. Do you believe that? Do you really honestly believe that? When you look at the headlines and the news and the craziness, do you really believe that within you is the key? Take take a moment and look inside, because we do family. It's actually very simple, but it's the hardest thing to do. It's not complicated, but it's the most difficult thing that we can do. It's laying down our rights. It's dying to ourselves. It's coming and saying, God, give you everything, because that's what you asked for. You offer your life, I'll exchange it. Be crucified with Christ. Let go of your past. Let go of your identity. Maybe it's your status, your job, your background, your marital status, your ethnicity, your self-worth, your nationality, your gender. Whatever it is, wherever your identity lies, let go of it. Those passages were for real. There is no Jew, Greek, Scythian, slave, free. There's nothing. None of it matters because in Christ we are one. Lay it down. Let it go. Not just the bad parts, all of it, and find something new in Christ. Find a new nationality. Find a new identity, a new purpose. Find that recognition you desired. Find justice. Find peace. Find hope find joy. doesn't matter how long we've been a believer, I think we need to continually be reminded of this. And remember, this is the wor- what the world needs. You guys realize that individualism, my, myself, like that I have the right to pursue fill in the blank, that is at the core of every vice we see, not just today, for all time. Hatred, racism, abortion, bigotry, pride, greed, sexuality, sexual sin, envy, strife, murder. You fill it in. Whatever it is, if, if I didn't say your favorite one that you like to get upset about, fill it in. It's fine. They all root in this. You can be like God. Who is he to tell you otherwise? And God steps on the scene and says, no, you can't. But I'll give you my nature freely if you'll lay yours down. That's the gospel. It's an exchange. It's a glorious exchange. His righteousness all on us. The complicated theological word is imputation. He imputes his righteousness to us. This is what the gospel is about, and this is why it radically flies in the face of self-interest in the world that we're in. It flies in the face. It, It makes a mockery of it because they say, I must fight for what I need. And we say, I don't need anything. All I have is Christ. What do you? What can you offer me? That's, that's the hope of the gospel we have. So I hope, I hope that we can take that, that our identity is, truly is. I hope that throughout this week, you can look fresh at your heart and just see, where is my identity in? Is it in God or is it in myself? We're going to take part in communion shortly. And as we look at Jesus here with his disciples, and, and he's so eagerly waited to, to take this with him, it's because he knows I am about to start the church. I'm about to purchase her with my blood. I'm about to start something that will go throughout eternity. And I can't wait to drink of that cup with them in the kingdom. It's going to be a while, though, so I'm really eagerly looking forward to this time together with you. Friends, we're 2,000 years later. We're still waiting for him. But as much as you are anxious for his return, he's so much more anxious. Can you? The thought crossed my mind this last week. Jesus, as he, like we didn't know how long it would be. We didn't know it would be 2,000 years. The disciples didn't know that. We're going to start into Acts soon, and we're going to look at the church, and as it starts, none of them, you read, they, they didn't think it would be this long. None of them did. But Jesus did. He knew. And just, again, the patience of the Savior as you look at him, and, and he, he's willing to say, hey, it's going to be a little bit of time before I'm back. But I'm coming. I'm preparing a place for you. That is the hope we look forward to, the day when we are truly united with him. And so when we take this communion, we are looking forward to that t- day and we're looking back. But also think about what you do when you eat something or drink something. You consume it. You take it within yourself. Right, we were talking about this this last week. Um, you, when, you, when you eat something and you drink, you take it into yourself. Well, it's the same way with Christ. The, the reason why this is an image of salvation is you're taking Christ within you. You're saying, just like I need food for sustenance, for life. I need you within me for life. We're not actually taking the body of Christ. Of course, this is a symbol. It's an act of worship. And it's a good thing because if you looked at the bread, it's a, it's a far cry from real bread. So it's a good thing this is just symbol because I don't know if, if uh, this, is, this is very different for all of us. But it's an act of worship. And, and it's, it's an act where even in a group, we're declaring, I have partaken in Christ. I am one with him. I have laid down my identity. I've taken his upon myself. Now, if you haven't done that, we can't force you, but don't wait. We plead with you. Don't wait. Make today the day. He offers this glorious exchange for you. Take it. Take his nature. Take his hope. Take his eternal life. The best life starts after this one. It's offered freely. We're going um, to take this in a moment. But before we do, uh, I think what I'd like to do is, Dan, have you and the team come up and play. We're going we're gonna to sing through the song, Behold the Lamb, as we look there. And, and I'd encourage you to sing along. But if, if this is a time where you'd like to be quiet and you'd like to look at your own heart, feel free to do that as well. The words are in your books and you can go along with the verses there as we sing through. And then afterwards, I'll come back up and I'll lead us as we as we take communion together. But take a moment if you can, and maybe Dan, you can just play for like a couple verses or something, some music. Take a, take a moment to look at your heart and just say, where is my identity? The things that have gotten me so wrapped up and, and frustrated in the world that I'm looking at, maybe they're wrapped up in... Because my identity is not in him. Recenter yourself around Christ. Find your hope in him. And, uh, And then we'll share in this communion cup together. Stay. read out of Luke
3: chapter
5: coming through okay read out of Luke chapter 22 starting with verse 15 he said to them I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine till the kingdom of God comes. You'll take your, your cup, and you'll pull off just the bottom layer. That is the, the cup part. Be careful about spilling it. I'll wait till the crackling stops. <laughs> Don't throw away the top cuz believe it or not there's bread there. We're going to come to that in a moment. This cup, this is the representation of his blood and it's a reminder of this moment. And it's amazing to me that for 2000 years we can be doing this and and still partaking in it. Still Um, remembering his death and looking forward with Christ at this very moment as he says these words, I'm not going to drink of this until the kingdom of God comes. He, even in this moment, is looking forward to this moment drinking it with you. So take your cup and together let's drink. Then he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So go ahead and take the top. The bread comes out of the top part there. In 1 Corinthians, it also says that as often as we take this, we proclaim the death of the Lord till he comes let's take this together. Verse 20. After the cup and they had eaten, he said, this cup is poured out is the new covenant in my blood. A new covenant, a new promise, a new commitment between God and man, one that cannot be broken because it is founded in the blood of Jesus. This is what unites us. This is what makes us one people. And this is the hope that we have for a dying world. Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you just for the chance to remember. Lord, what a miracle that we have your word. We can read your very words to the disciples. We can bathe ourselves in them. And see that just as you called them into yourself to begin this new nation, this new people that would endure for forever as your bride, God, we can still join in even today. So we do. We thank you. We love you. And uh, we're just excited also with you to share of this cup one day in your kingdom. Till then, Lord, keep us faithful. Keep our identity in you. And keep reminding us, God, in your name we pray. Amen. I said we're going to close, but we are going to continue to sing a couple more songs here before we close out. So. I'll turn it over to Dan again.
2: You guys can remain seated for these next couple songs.
3: I cast my life like my ashes on the ways, and leave behind all of my selfish ways. My past is gone, now all that's left is grace, to live is Christ. with Christ, it is no longer I who lose. Christ is in me. I have a second chance in life. My future is open wide, I know. Christ is upon her.
6: Good morning, family. Uh, my name is Churchill, just in case if you forgot to my name. It's a pleasure to see all our family again this morning. Before we pray, I'm going to read this verse of scripture. I read it when we all, when we read it in our family in the book of Ezra. I underline it because it put me really into where we are right now. And so when I read the book of Ezra, chapter 3, verse 3 says, And they set the altar upon his base, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries, and they offer burnt offerings morning and evening. Verse 11 says, And they sang together by cross in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Amen. I know for sure behind every back of every mind, here and those who are not here. The story that I just read here, this is a story of the children of Israel. These are brothers and sisters that were in captivity for several years. Now they return back to their land. They want to resume their normal worship, their service unto their Jehovah God. But the Bible says there was fear, of unknown, the fear of uncertainties. Because I know as we are trying to re-enter back into our normal seal, normal way of worship, our God, there might be some fear at the back of some mind, our friends, our neighbors. But what is most important is when we come together like this, why do we come? We come to worship our God, Jehovah. We come to give Him glory. We come to praise His name. And that is what we have come this morning. We have offered Him the sacrifice of our lives. We have shared in His body. So right now, we're going to thank Him. Can you bow down your head with me as I pray? Please, as you bow down our head, we will pause just for a while, and I will pray. Our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will thank you this morning. Our hearts are filled with thanks and gratitude. To us, to so many of us this morning will be wow. Our Father, thank you. Now we realize so much you've given to us this opportunity to congregate to come together to sing to see one another to share in your body to smile yes lord that is what we've done this morning we are not minimizing lord the fear of the unknown or those with weak hearts, our brothers and sisters, those who couldn't come here, who are shorting, or those who will hear our voice from far and near that we are here today. But you know from the depth of our heart, Lord, we are not here just for any reason, just for only one reason, to give you glory. To offer you the sacrifices of our lives. To encourage one another. To see our faces together again. our Father, so thank you for offering us this opportunity this morning. As we begin to leave this place to go to our respective homes. I know there are those who couldn't make it this morning just because they are sick, our loved ones. Or those who are at work. We also know there are several needs in our family. Those who are sick, those who are having problem with their jobs, or those who don't even have jobs. Those this period of time has hit so hard on their finances. And those of us that we are called back to service or to duty or those of us who are serving in handful ways. There are so many needs, unspoken, but you know them from the depth of our hearts. So, Abba Father, I present all these needs before you. I ask you, Lord, that you would, you would just look into all these needs. Look into all this need. Those of us who have hospital appointments, or those who are going through texting, or those who are going through all kinds of things at this moment. Those their hearts are filled with a lot of unknown uncertainty. So oh God, of fear, you know, every heart. We pray that God, you will touch those hearts, we pray that, God, do we hate those bodies. We pray, Lord, that you will be able to work in those areas of our families, areas of our jobs, finances, Lord, our ministries, Lord, our churches, Lord, our neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you, Father. For we know for sure you have made us for this reason. You have made us for this purpose. To come to worship you in the beauty of your holiness. And that we have done this morning, no matter how short it was, no matter how little it is. But Father, you know from the depth of our heart, we offer you this sacrifice from our whole hearts. So again, thank you. Send us back to our respective homes As we finish here, Lord, we're going to be meeting again next week. If you're still tired to come, we pray that our Father, you continue to bring our family together. Blessed be Thy holy name. I pray for our nation, Lord. I pray for the whole world. I pray for the churches, Lord. I pray for all our missionaries. I pray for our law enforcement people. I pray for doctors and nurses. I pray for our truck drivers. I pray for all our grocery stores, outlets. Thank you for all these people, Lord, you're giving to us as a gift, as a blessing, to continue to help us as we continue to wait for your return. Thank you once again. For those people, Lord, who have worked so hard to bring us into this place, thank you for this holy ground where we all started. It's no surprise that we're coming back again, Lord, to start again. We thank you for this opportunity, for this place, oh God. Blessed be thy holy name. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen place we have water we have coffee that's our normal thing so worry, we don't have donut the kids but soon we're going to resume our donuts corner again and of course we'll be reminded that next week we're going to be meeting at the warner's so again once again thank you if there is any member of our church that couldn't make it today Try to read that person and invite him, and let them know we are going to be meeting again for next week. God bless you. We
2: we'll send you guys out. We're going to close with "Great Is Thy Faithfulness." So let's stand up together and sing this last song together. <clears throat>
3: Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, thy noon and stars in their courses above, join with all nature with manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. A pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faith.